Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast where we look at the many films nominated for MTV Movie Awards, all the various categories year by year, and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing expert. And today is a big one. We have arrived at the 2009 MTV Movie Awards, the start of the Twilight Era. How are you doing today, Ben? <laughs> I'm doing really, really well. It's a lot of movies this week, but they're all, for the most part, really good. Yeah, this is the second of what I have now checked and looks to be three years where there are six Best Kiss nominees. The first time since 1993, I believe, that there's been six nominees, and oh, what nominees just, they were. <laughs> this is, there's just too many good ones this year, you know? Uh, they just didn't want to leave anybody out. Yeah, it's, it is an interesting mix this year, in that you have, um, obviously, two, or one big YA franchise, one big, like, yeah, one big kind of Disney Channel fran- franchise, two two Oscar plays, including literally the Best Picture winner from that year. Uh, uh yeah, like a a kind of, and then like just sort of an original. I don't think Launch It is based on anything, but like kind of a big action movie, and then like just a goofy comedy, like it's yeah, really it's, a, yeah, and none could hold a candle to Twilight, apparently. Um. <laughs> yes, um, we're gonna gonna get into this a, lo- a lot, but yeah, <laughs> for people who may we were not unaware, but partially because of the fo- partially because of the light um, switch to online voting, partially because Twilight Mania was everywhere. Um, Twilight becomes very dominant for um, the majority of its run as a movie franchise, though critically did not get any, like, nominations, or, like, got, like, a best shirtless performance, maybe, for the final Twilight movie. Um, which, <laughs> even though I would argue the final Twilight movie is a lot better, like, kiss-wise and upper-wise than at least a couple of them on this list, but this is also, I think, the only year where I watch the MTV Movie Awards, like, at home, like, with my younger sister, because... Like, she was watching because she was hoping to see Twilight win a bunch of stuff. She was not disappointed. I was watching because the host was Andy Samberg, who I was... Ah. Who at the time was, yeah, uh, Essa kind of breaking out on SNL with his digital shorts that I was really into. Um, I think 2009 oh, is still... so funny. <laughs> yeah, 2009 is still, like, the early era, so you got, like, Dick in a Box and I'm on a Boat and, like jizz in my pants is like the big three kind of but <laughs> i think his album like Incredible bad was out it was, by then it was it was pretty incredible okay it aired sunday may 31st um notable stuff from this year of course because it, you don't get the digital short guy without a digital short so there was an original song called cool guys don't look at explosions Oh, this is the origins of that. I really, really like that song. It's so fun. Yeah. It's a tribute to um, everyone's favorite movie trope of 
walking away from a cool explosion like nothing's happening. Which the other guys would famously parody, like, I think a year later with the joke where, like, the uh, explosion happens behind them and they're both in a lot of pain. <laughs> Twilight won... Oh yeah, Twilight won Best Movie this year. Uh, best Female Performance. Breakthrough Male Performance, but... Oh, interestingly enough, it did not win Best Male Performance. Oh, wow. Pattinson didn't even get nominated, so clearly they thought... So clearly Stewart was, like, the juice there, they thought, or... Yeah, oh. yeah. He might have been... He was too new to the scene. Yeah. yeah. Ha- had to, like, her, had to, like, earn <laughs> his stripes with such such people as Ben Barnes from Prince Caspian and Taylor <laughs> Lautner from Twilight. <laughs> I'm looking at uh. the Breakthrough Male performance list this year, and, like, two of the names are people, like, Bobby J. Thompson from Role Models I've never heard of. Dave Patel's done all right from for himself since Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's done really, really well. Did you ever, I remember we talked about this, did you ever end up seeing The Green Knight? Yeah, I saw I saw Green Knight like opening day when I came out. I think. Yeah, it was super good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. What's not to yeah? What's not to like? Like, it's a knight. It's a quest. Um, a He's very green. abrupt a very abrupt <laughs> ending that made people in our theater go, "Wait, what?" That was the end. Yeah, like, there's a green guy out here. I didn't pay that much attention because there was not much kissing. Yeah. Um, well, there wasn't much kissing, but there was some other romance fluid around. <laughs> yeah, there was There was actually a, a really neat kiss in that movie, though. Um, <coughs> Sorry. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Yeah, there was a neat kiss in that movie, though. D- Dave Patel, you know. Maybe, uh, I can't, is, is The Green Knight, would that be at the 2022 uh, MTV Movie Awards, or is it already missed its yeah, chance? Yeah, it would be, no, no, it's like, it would be next year. All right, well, ho- hopefully the kiss in that movie gets its chance to shine. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's funny. MTV, like, they haven't moved fully away from stuff. Like, as we'll see when we get to Moonlight, it just... <coughs> oh, sorry again, this sneezing mood, but, like, the... But, yeah, like, I think if it has a good showing around Oscar season, like if it gets back in that consciousness and everyone has green night fever, then maybe it has a shot at getting the best kiss nom. Um, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, this year they introduced something called best WTF moment, which went to Amy Poehler for peeing in the sink during baby mama. Which, <laughs> which, a... Wow. Big upset. Beat Ben Stiller tasting the decapitated head on Tropic Thunder. Oh my gosh. And jumping in the poop shed from Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, that one. Oh, man. That's... And the curve bullet kill. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that that... I'm glad that those scenes got recognized. You know, those definitely don't invoke the same emotion. The curved bullet and then the jumping in the poop shed. I definitely don't get similar feelings about that. <laughs> but I'm glad yeah. that there is a category that they can share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, oh, the Wikipedia article has a section for notable moments, letting us know that Bruno, Sasha Baron and Cohen, one of his other characters, showed up and staged a stunt where he was flying overhead to 
present the award for best male performance dressed as an angel in only a jock strap and then landed right on top of Eminem's face um, with his fully yeah. exposed butt. <laughs> I've seen that clip. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben Stiller won the MTV Generation Award, which was presented by Kiefer Sutherland, who jokingly broke down in tears. Just, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what a, uh, that, that was a really uh, a weird year. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Um, Small side tangent, because I don't think there's any natural way to throw this in, but uh, me and my friends are watching Goodfellas the other night, and I, like, I must have a superpower, because the guy who plays Jigsaw was showed up for, like, half a second, and I was like, hey, is that to- Tobin Bell? And then I looked it up, and it was. <laughs> and I don't know, there's no... I looked at all the movies. It's, there's no way I could bring that up in any other way than just interjecting it. I just thought that was cool. And when I looked it up, there was like a red. The first thing that came up was like a Reddit post saying like, was, "Is Jigsaw in, in Goodfellas for like a second? <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I guess there really was no way you could have brought it up unless you recommended Goodfellas this week. Nah, I wouldn't. Write, Goodfellas is way too long. Just watch The Sopranos. That's something that's much shorter, an entire TV series. Yeah, six seasons. <laughs> we should probably get to it because we do have a lot. But yeah, there are say, a lot this year. But the first big note I have is this is actually the year that inspired me to want to start an MTV Movie Awards podcast. Oh um, wow! You you yeah. really you really must have liked I Love You, man. Yeah. Yes, I was watching one of the movies on this <laughs> list, and I was like, "Wow, the kiss in this is really good." Did it like ever win? And then I had a feeling I'm like, "Oh no, wait! I think this is like the Twilight year." But I I wanted to see if it got nominated at least, and. Yeah, it did. And then I was like, huh, what else What else did I got here? And then, like, I, well, first I was like, hmm, there's maybe something in, I'm like, maybe there's a project here in, like, kind of Twilight's dominance at these awards for just years. And then for four years, I'm like, wait, shouldn't it be five years? And then that just led me down a thing where I'm like, wait, why are, why do all these, like, Best Kiss nominees look crazy? Is the whole like a show like this? <laughs> and it was. <laughs> yeah. Several months. Several months later, after suing over this, I finally said, "Ben, do you want to do a podcast with me where we get to the bottom of this?" And then that turned into this. So. <laughs> and we're about we're about halfway to the bottom, at least of the kisses. But yeah, but this is the year. In a way, this is what we've been like working towards so i'm sure that'll be yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of good stuff ahead in the following 12 years i'm sure but i guess it's just 11 because they didn't do last year but yeah this is the yeah this will definitely be the point in the in the podcast where i i stop watching movies at two times speed and start watching them at 10 times speed and my commentary on them becomes very sparse (laughs) <laughs> what you're not excited to have to watch valentine's day next week i don't know anything about it maybe it's great maybe i've been i don't think i've been right about that at all every time i say be... every time i say that it's always ends up being really bad you're gonna be mad at what the kiss winds up being in that <laughs> oh, one. No. Oh, no oh no i'll 
no, it's it's all right. But um, but for now it's two thousand nine, and for two thousand nine the nominees were Angelina Jolie and James McAvoy, Wanted, Frida Pinto and Dev Patel, Some Dog Millionaire, James Franco and Sean Penn, Milk, Paul Rudd and Thomas Lennon, I Love You Man, Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron, High School Musical three, Senior Year, and the winner. Um, I guess we've already spoiled it, but Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson in Twilight. So. Yeah, man, I don't like Twilight. At the very least, the first one. And I, it's so weird. I guess I'm going to, I'm going to pull a little, or I guess, um, yeah, I'm going to pull a little bit. And I'll, I'll elaborate it more later on in the podcast when we talk about um, milk. But like. When I think about milk, and I try to like break down, like if I if I try to think of like a plot synopsis, it sounds like kind of boring. It's just kind of just like, it's just like it's fighting for like um for like gay rights, but it's a lot of just like politics and just trying to like draft things and just running for office. But it's such an enjoyable movie. Whereas it's like the opposite for Twilight. When I'm like thinking about it, I'm like that sounds so funny that sounds so stupid and i end up but i'm not enjoying it at all <laughs> when i'm actually watching it because when i think when i think of vampire baseball i think that's hilarious what the hell and to its credit it is but just like the vampire baseball scene is good Come it's on. a good it's a good scene but most of the movie isn't vampire baseball to its detriment um. i just i and i want it and hopefully i I have my fingers crossed that Twilight, like, by the end wins me over. I'm hoping. Because, like, this movie, I think I've seen it so many times, and every time I just can't get into it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, my my Twilight history is um, complicated. Like, it's... I'm sure, as most listeners of this podcast were aware, there is, Twilight was... Obviously, a big, big pop culture sensation at the time, and there was, of course, uh, in retrospect, pretty like misogyny fueled backlash against it. Where like even if you didn't enjoy it, there were people who were acting like it was the worst thing in the world, and oh, how dare like teen girls have something that's for them in the culture, like the, um, but, and, you know, while like I don't, uh, I don't want to. You know, maybe in retrospect, like, I wasn't that bad. But definitely for, like, the first Twilight movie, I was like, ah, I'm never gonna watch this. Like, we watched a clip of it in biology class, I think, and I, like, covered my years. And, um, I definitely, like, it's, we were having, like, supper one thing, and then they were like, yeah, we're watching Twilight. You can go upstairs when you're done. And I just wolfed it down. And I'm like, ah, it's just, but. Then I wound up watching every other Twilight movie except the first one in exchange for, like, I made deals with my sister where, like, she'd have to watch episodes or seasons depending on, like, the, it was episodes if, like, she had gotten the movie on her own, but then, like, we got seasons in exchange for me just straight up buying them for her because I had more money at the time as being a bit, bit older, but basically... Of, of like TV shows that I was pretty sure she would like and she was pretty sure she would not. Um, I was almost always right, but 
and then I exchanged and watched the Twilight films, but I'm like, but not that first one. So, so I only watched Twilight for like uh, the first time this year when another podcast did like commentary tracks on them, and I enjoyed it honestly. Like it's, I don't want you to say we're like it's yeah sure maybe more could happen, but I think there's like stuff to like here. It's like vampire baseball. Um. Kristen Stewart giving a performance that I think has been um, underrated for years. Like, Billy Burks or Dad, there's just, there's something here. There's a bit of juice. Like, it's... yeah, I think there's um, I think there's things that I, like maybe you know what I feel like um, I feel like the way you watched it. Maybe if I watched it that way, I would have enjoyed it because like. Um, you know how, like, I'm pretty sure we, I think, mm, oh, yeah, actually, I don't think you agree with this. I think you actually don't agree with this. But I think most people are, like, the first Guardians of the Galaxy is, like, a little better than the second one. Um, but I don't think that way, because I saw the second one first. And I wonder if the later Twilight movies um, are able to hone in on the things that I enjoyed from this movie. Um, in a way that, like, by the end, I can say, okay, I... I enjoy thoroughly this series. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely in the second Guardians is better camp because I think like it, that's the one where he gets like really weird and interesting with what he's trying to do do with those. Um, but but yeah, we'll see. Like it's, I think at the very least, honestly, the one you might really like is the one we're never going to like talk about. But his the ending of this one is a big swing. Swing. It's you. You could go for New Moon. Um. Of the four we're covering, I like this one and New Moon. Um, New Moon, not a lot happens, but it's all, like, weirdly interesting. Eclipse, so much happens, and I am just bored almost the whole time. And then Breaking Dawn Part 1, um, I don't know how much you know about what happens in that movie, but oh, oh boy. it's. I think I know one thing <laughs> that's, like, awful. <laughs> and, like, I don't think it also helps that, like, Man, I really enjoyed every other movie this this uh this week. Um like and then this movie, like not only was it a movie I'd seen recently, it's just a movie that like I just don't vibe with. And I really want to. Like I want it to be a movie that I enjoy, whether it be genuine or ironically. And like characters will say things that sound ridiculous. And, like, I want to, it should be, like, triggering, like, a this is so bad, it's funny response. But it just doesn't with this movie. And I don't know why. I don't know how fair of a shake I could give it. I Maybe I'll watch it after I've seen the entire saga. And then maybe then I'll appreciate much more about it. Something that kind of hurts this movie is that, like, a lot of its, like, funniest aspects. Like, um... I don't know if intentionally or not, probably not, but like him like running really fast is like with like um, Kirsten Stewart on his back is like hilarious. That just looks super goofy and awkward. But the fact that I had seen it so recently that like it had not been long enough for that stuff to like be funny again. Um, Okay. Yeah. And then like another thing, I think I mentioned this before, like most of the movie is just a really ugly color for me. Um, And I just, and the, the scenes where it's not that look like pretty nice. Um, yeah, the color palette is certainly a choice. It's, it is a choice, one. yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, yeah, I don't... 
Yeah, about the movie itself, like I really, I want to enjoy this movie, and maybe I will by the end of the saga. I hopefully I can enjoy this franchise. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, but the I think the, you'll come to at least appreciate like some of the stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I like, hope so. At the very least, the lead performances, I think. Now that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson's careers have effectively been, like, reclaimed and people take them seriously again, I hope we get to a point where people can go and go, oh, they actually are making choices in these films, and when they're, like, playing it, like, like it seems like they yeah, are half asleep, that's, like, very intentional. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah. Unlike, unlike what Taylor Lautner, who is... Oh, he's alright in this one, but, oof, just... Maybe not the best person to throw kind of later stuff around but yeah so it's funny how ha- long his hair is in this Just... yeah i wish he kept that i really like that I, I think it like it gives him like a really like it makes him look neat and i think that makes sense considering that i guess spoilers he's like a wolf guy like him having really long hair would make a lot of sense yeah Oh, oh yeah! I always forget that you don't even find out he's a wolf until the second one. Yeah, and like, like that—that's something that like I feel like a lot of like book movies. It's a very hard balancing act between like having like an interesting story, but also like setting things up. Because like, if this was like a standalone movie and like didn't have any sequels, all of the scenes with Taylor Lautner would have been just like borderline pointless. Because um, like, it there's no. I don't think his character has any payoff in this movie at all. Yeah, he's just, like, her friend who's, yeah. like, also younger than her. Which yeah, is... and I, I guess it's supposed to be... It's 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 setting up for later movies, of course, but, like, if this movie never had later movies, then, like, boy, howdy, like, every scene he's in just makes no sense. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. and then uh, the kisses. So I'm assuming it's the last kiss of the movie? Cause, yes, uh, the... yeah. That's my kind of guess. Yeah, the the kiss before that is also really. I would honestly put them equal to each other. So no matter which one we do, I don't think my opinion would super change. Um, but yeah, the last kiss is like it's a nice kiss, you know. I yeah, I don't know if it should have won. It's uh, it's a pretty good kiss, despite everything I've said about this movie. It's a pretty darn good kiss. Yeah, look, the thing about the Twilight movies is they do have good kisses. Like, I'm not going to promise that we will uphold the Academy's decision for every single one of their nominations, Um, particularly not this year, but I'm going to say that I think that at least one of them will, will probably, like, get through, even if it's just because, like, the other films that year aren't, are, like, weaker. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like, I think even... You know, if it didn't have the hive, I think this kiss could probably hold its own against some of the some of the heavy hitters. Like, even if it didn't win, but uh huh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, other other Twilight stuff. It's it's funny because I feel we haven't talked a lot about it, but also we're gonna be talking about it so much over the next few weeks. We kind of kind of gotta like just 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 sort of pace it out a bit. So, um. Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, of course, uh, dated during a lot of these films. They did, yeah. It looks like they didn't start dating until, I think, about, maybe it was during then. I really should have looked up Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart relationship timeline. Yeah. It says she was dating someone else <laughs> until 2009, which... 
Yeah. Um, wait, also, I guess this, I hopefully this doesn't come up, this character doesn't come up later, but I feel like they might. Isn't there one character that they say they can see the future, but like, not if people change their mind? Yes. That's that... the stupid, what does that even mean? Um, it means that. <laughs> It means she has visions of what the future could be. That yeah, that might is, have. Is it like that it's... is Ashley Green's character, Alice, who I think is like I one could... of the better ones, even though yeah. she's in a relationship with Jasper, who is um, one of the weirder Collins. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's. I guess it is. All... No, it's not even that. So Raven, because I feel like even in that So Raven, all of the ones were correct. They were just um, at a, at the wrong angle or misinterpreted. But like her power. It's just like, I can predict that you're going to go to Costco, unless, of course, you choose to go to Walmart, then I'm wrong. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. It's just such a weird thing. I will say, and I do think you should watch the last movie, even if we don't talk about it, but, like, the last movie, in order to, like, kind of get around the fact that it's the big climactic final film of this year, but there's also, like... But the last book famously ends on kind of an anti-climax. They use her power in such a manner in that it allows them to have this really cool, really big epic action sequence. And then it's revealed it's just her power. And she's like, and that's what would happen unless. And then they're like, well, I don't want that to happen because that will go bad for me. That's not bad payoff. I guess that's fine. It's just like, it's just a weird thing that they, they also always say it every time it's like mentioned it's just such a weird power i don't i don't get it (laughs) i guess if you could see like multiple ones and you're like okay if you make this choice this one will happen but if you make this choice this one will happen it's yeah yeah, it's just it was so it threw me off every time i heard about it in the movie yeah you you don't get the power, but the fact that, like, the Cullens, like, all, all the, just decide to be teenagers forever, wherever they go, makes sense to you. You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I've seen uh, Diary of a Vampire, or whatever it's called. The Vampire Diaries? No, what is it called? Is it just called Diary of a Vampire? No, it can't be that. Wait, one moment. Vampire Academy? This interview with a vampire? Like... <laughs> it, it was yeah. It was interview with a vampire. <laughs> I, I do that every time. <laughs> uh, yeah, like is that combined with like, like they're vampires, but like, do they turn into bats ever? No, I don't think anyone. The way vampires and oh yeah, this was another controversy where all of a sudden everyone really cared about vampire rules but um it's just i I can understand that a little bit it's a bit nitpicky and like not every vampire follows the same rule but it it just kind of big it just kind of begs the question of like why make them vampires then at all if you're not like it's just really strange like i feel like you could have picked any cryptid that are like really fast and eat people yeah it's i guess it's the sucking blood it's the sucking blood People know what vampires are. There's no, like, groundwork to set up. Yeah, also, vampires are almost always, like, a metaphor for, like, sex, so... Yeah, they live forever. They're pale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, 
It makes sense, but yeah, they do have they do kind of have different rules, including the idea that like they they can't really be in direct sunlight, but basically if they are, their skin sparkles, and which has got a lot of derision over the years, and and oftentimes they have like abilities, like one of them can like see the future, and one of them can like manipulate emotions, one of them has. The villain has super senses. Uh, yeah. This um, James. Yeah. Robert Pattinson can read minds. But he can't read um, Bella's mind. <laughs> is there, is there like, do they ever go into why or is it just like, it's just fate? It's just that. I want to say that it's ultimately, uh, I want to say the last ones go in into a bit where like, even though she, she was a human, like, that that in itself was kind of a vampire ability, but maybe they don't don't really go into it that much. It's, yeah, it might just be like it's fate. It's because I should yeah. just consult my sister because I'm sure she still remembers <laughs> a lot about these books. There might, yeah, later. there might be there might be like a line in the book that kind of explains that lore. Yeah. yeah um yeah. Were any of your siblings <laughs> ever into Twilight? I don't think so. Um, I don't think we had a very Twilight family. I don't know. Maybe my sister and brother saw them all, but like, I don't know if there were any. There were no fanatics, you know. Your dad wasn't into them, like Star Trek or anything. <laughs> like... He he also might have seen them all. That's what that's what happens when you're a dad. You kind of you eventually see all these movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about Twilight that uh, I probably won't say in the next four episodes. Yeah, like it's. So I realized in the last few episodes we haven't been doing the plot summaries as much, but also like with Twilight, it's not much to say. It's like girl moves to small town, meets vampire, like start a romance. There's some nomad vampires who hunt her at a point, and yeah, not much going on. Um, ooh, the other thing I have to say about Twilight in my memory is while I did not see Twilight in theaters, um, my dad took my like younger sister. I on like sometime on opening weekend and while they did that i saw bolt in my first experience of yeah kind of real d 3d i i don't know why but when i was a kid i was upset that the dog didn't have actual superpowers <laughs> you were mad that it was the premise of bolt it's like what if the truman show started dog <laughs> i was writing i was writing the same bolt as bolt or i was like what the hell i thought i was gonna i thought i was watching a dog superhero movie not a regular dog dog movie <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's yeah it's twilight like good good kissing um Definitely, I yeah, I'll say yeah. The romance I think is pretty good, even if the rest of it maybe could have a more yeah. engaging plot. And we'll you know we'll see how you react to like the later Twilight films. I can't wait. Um, again, we're gonna be in Twilight <laughs> Country for the next yeah, exactly. few weeks here, and um, is... it's become sort of a tradition in almost every episode recently that we mention like spoof movies. Um, there was one that came out called Vampires Suck which I do remember watching, but I think that movie makes borderline no sense if you haven't seen Twilight, like, actually. like it. I've heard that's one of the better ones. I think, I remember actually liking it, but I think near the end, because, like, a lot of it became 
very like reliant on you you kind of had to know the plot of twilight for it to make any sense like not the jokes or anything but like any of like the plot happening that might just be twilight maybe i'll feel the exact same when i way when i actually am confronted with what they were referencing maybe i'll be just as confused yeah that's oh oh yeah and last thing it's really funny that anna kendrick is in these movies just a future best kiss nominee? Is she the yeah. is she the um the pitch perfect girl? Yeah, the pitch perfect. Oh yeah, girl, yeah. It's ah, it's so weird seeing her in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Kendrick will go on to be nominated with Zac Efron for Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Um, <laughs> several years from now. <laughs> yeah. But with that we can move on to Wanted. Yeah, um, yeah. We we um, in previous episodes we sort of talked about um, sort of male power fantasy movies. Um, I don't know when this happened. It might have been like I think Fight Club might have been the first one where there was sort of like a turn from it being like it was no longer like it wasn't Arnold. Uh, it wasn't like the Terminator. It wasn't like uh, like Duke Nukem. It was actually like a really like scrawny, wee- like nerdy guy that turns out to be like really badass by the end um fight club at the very least was trying to be a satire yeah but then um (laughs) people misunderstood what fight club was trying to say (laughs) it's like that one meme where it's the guy looking at the media and then the arrow going over the head and it's it's the guy looking at the media going like wow fight club is this really like nuanced deconstruction of like uh of like um of like toxic masculinity and like society and everything and then the arrow going over the head is like man fighting people is so cool (laughs) (laughs) god um but yeah wanted yeah about an ordinary guy who suddenly gets into shenanigans yeah it's it's just sort of um this movie same with I Love You Man has, like, the weird, like, asshole co-worker character that honestly, like, melded in my brain as the same guy. I, I honestly forgot that this movie had it um, because I, I just, that and the I Love You Man guy just got molded into the same person in my head. Yeah, but but this <laughs> asshole co-worker is different. This one is Mario himself. Is it, wait, just... oh, is it Chris Pratt? Yeah, the guy who, like, he hits in the face with the keyboard. <laughs> the second you... I didn't actually notice him as Chris Pratt. The second you said that in my head, I'm like, there's no way it was, like, the guy from the Super Mario movie. And I just... Because I'm like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. He was so old when that movie came out. Maybe he meant to say Luigi? Maybe it was, like... Maybe it was the guy from from Romeo plus Juliet as well. Uh, but I no, I actually um, didn't notice that. I didn't notice that was Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt, who um, I think the next year or like, and it's before he does Parks and Recreations and definitely before he becomes kind of like everyone's favorite, yeah. like bland action guy and who we, now is now wait. inexplicably going to voice Mario <laughs> in a movie. Listen, he's, he. it was like, a, it's a sacrifice, you know? If he wasn't Mario then Jack Black wouldn't be Bowser and Seth Rogen wouldn't be uh, Donkey Kong, you know? We, we take 
We I have mean, to take. Do we know they only signed on because Chris <laughs> Pratt was going to be Mario? Just... I don't. I don't know if that's true. Like somebody made a really funny tweet where it's like, "Wow, Nintendo really just Googled famous actors and then picked the first ten they saw." <laughs> I mean, I I think there's a lot of good casting choices in that film. Like Charlie Day yeah. as Luigi is good. Yeah. Jack Black as Bowser is great. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm trying to remember the last. Because, like, being, like, a good actor doesn't always translate to being a good, like, voice actor. But, like, Jack Black has always done good things in, like, Kung Fu Panda. Um, yeah, I don't... Charlie Day is, like, really... Fu- he's really, like... He, his voice is iconic in, uh... In, um... What's it? Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, I feel like if, as long as he can kind of channel that into whatever voice... The weird thing is, is that, like, in that movie, like... They're all... All of them have, like, pretty like exaggerated voices i don't know if we're even going to be able like to hear chris pratt in it at all it might just be like a really over exaggerated accent yeah it's like is he gonna do a voice he, well he, i, I he, he must do a voice <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and then anya taylor joy is like is, you know she is kind of like the hot actress in the moment but like i'm not mad that she's peach yeah. like, she'll probably do a good job um, and then the one voice actor like the one casting i'm like oh yeah i can picture that that's good is veteran voice actor kevin michael richardson who's just like bit parts on shows like f is for family and like the simpsons now he voices several of the black characters there there since they like stopped letting since they finally said oh maybe the white actors shouldn't voice like carl or whoever but like he's going to be playing kamek the koopa mage oh. <laughs> and i'm like i'm like oh that's good i'm like i can see him and jack black like just bantering like no well, that's gonna be really good like, oh it's... man <laughs> the smash um, brothers expanded universe expands yeah um but enough about the mario movie which is though the moment chris pratt got cast i'm like oh we can talk about it because chris pratt's in wanted i didn't gets, actually like, know that <laughs> His teeth fly out and they spell out like "fuck you." Yeah, this movie, like, it's. I wish it was in it. I wish it was more. Like, if that's, um, I wish it like, but it does like a lot of like cool little visual things. And it's like, when it's like goofy, it's so goofy. Like, um, like the car like flipping over top of the other car. Um. Oh, this makes sense. It is based on a graphic novel. Ah, oh, that does make a lot of it's sense. It's by Mark Miller, who also did the Kingsman graphic novels, the franchise I know you're, uh-huh. like, a big fan of the movies. Uh, that so. makes a lot of sense. I, I really like those movies. Um, yeah. No, um, yeah, no, like, a lot of, like, the... There's, like, a lot of cool stuff going on here. Like, visually, it's, like, very campy is, like, the best way to describe this movie. Um, it's, like... It has the potential to be very very stupid but ended up only being like kind of stupid plot wise um because like the original plot or not the original plot but like the plot before the twist is that there's like this there's like this um this group of people that um weave these blankets that have codes in them based off like the way the stitches are done that give them a name and then they go kill this person um which like that's really stupid and i think i wrote down in my notes like is this like a religion allegory um and it could have been 
And I guess, I don't know if it, maybe it kind of is. Cause like the twist is at the end is that like, um, cause I don't know where they're getting the original sheets. Cause like it makes, it doesn't make sense that you make the sheets that then give you the random things. Cause then they wouldn't be like random. You would be making them. It made more sense when like they found a bunch of cloths that already had names on them. That made sense. <laughs> but like, it's revealed at like the end that like all of the assassins like names came up. So Morgan Freeman was like, I had to throw these away. So we started making our own, you know, we get to choose who we kill now instead of it being this weird like premonition, which apparently was how it was working up to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it... <laughs> yeah. It's like this strategy. And then like his own name comes up. So then like he starts manufacturing the targets. Yeah. And like, and partway through the movie, Angelina Jolie like tells uh, James uh, McAvey a story about like, there was this one target and like, I didn't do it because like, this is stupid and ridiculous sounding. Um, but then I didn't do it. And it ended up two weeks later, he like killed my family and like, I don't know if she was lying. I don't know if that was a... I don't know if that was a targeted kill from, like, the premonition, the actual legit premonition cloth, or the manufactured Morgan Freeman cloth. It's just, like... Yeah, they don't explain yeah. how long this has been going on yeah, this, that he's been, like... This movie, like, breaks apart a lot when you think about it. And maybe the graphic novel, like, is a lot better at explaining these kinds of things um but yeah uh oh the the kiss is kind of just like oh just a weird like it doesn't really mean anything it's just kind of is a kiss between angelina jolie and james McAvey. they're not really love interests at all yeah it's a weird inclusion because she's more of his mentor like yeah it just kind of happens and then it's done it's not at like it's not it doesn't serve a purpose it's not like to distract anybody it's not to do it's not to do anything she just kind of walks up and does it and then that's the scene and then that's like halfway through the movie yeah like it's basically for anyone who hasn't seen wanted yeah it's about this guy his fa- father's recently died he's you know he's this typical loser but then like one day he learns that his father was actually this like elaborate assassin but it turns out that wasn't even his real dad like his real dad is this guy named cross but he thinks cross is trying to kill him for the first half of it it's it's just a lot yeah, going on but lo- angelina yeah. jolie is like kind of training him to like because she's, she's like you have assassin skills you just don't know it and then yeah i remember um going into this i remember thinking that like curving the bullet was like i thought that was a singular like stupid part of a rather like pretty like maybe like a james bond-esque like somewhat grounded movie but like lo and behold way before the curve the bullet scene is the shoot the wings off a fly scene which like definitely like when okay this movie's just kind of silly <laughs> yeah it's silly but it's good silly and it's oh, yeah. something where it's like great silly it's like, yeah 100 yeah, percent. again it's like sin city where you're like yeah this is a male power fantasy and like yeah, there's a lot of problematic stuff here, but it's just kind of fun. Like, it's, like, yeah, I like it. I it's... think, and, like, I don't even know, I'm trying to think. I don't think at any point is it, like, I don't think he, like, womanizes people. Or maybe he does. I'm trying to think if there's any, yeah. like, undertones of he that. Up with, 
Isn't there something like how, with how he breaks up with his old girlfriend who's cheating yeah. on him or something there that's like weird? Yeah, it's, that's where the kiss happens. It's just kind of aggro. Yeah. Like it's like, also yeah, that's where the kiss happens, right? So I guess it yeah, kind, I, it serves I like so. it it's, serves like a little purpose. It's still really weird and out of nowhere, and like yeah, and like it's yeah, it's definitely it's definitely like very campy and like very like i don't know what the word is it's like it's really trying to like set up this like super hyper loser um that like always like now he's like a super badass because he like because he punches a guy yeah i'll say it's definitely better than like kick-ass which is another like graphic novel basing with a similar well, actually, it's not really a similar premise, but same, like, oh, loser suddenly gets caught up in, like, this world of assassins and stuff in, but, like, it's... Yeah, no, this movie, like, I wish it was goofier, honestly. Um, it does have, like, like, the curving the bullet's really fun. Um, when he, like, uses... There's, like, a scene where, like, they're chasing a guy in a car, but, like, they can't shoot him because his windows are thing, but his windows have, like, bulletproof on them. But there's, like, an opening on the top, so, like, Angelina Jolie drives ahead, turns around, starts driving at, um, uh, James. And, um, and then he, like, sort of, like, uses her car as, like, a ramp to, like, flip horizontally over top so he can shoot inside. And, like, that's awesome. Like, that's so fun. And I wish more of the movie was like that. Um, I feel like there's, like, a lot of this movie that's, like... It's, like, action-y. But it's, like, I want it to be over the top 100%. Like, there are a lot of scenes in this that, like, wouldn't feel out of place in, like, a pretty normal action movie. Whereas I feel like this movie had, like, such potential to, like, crank it up to 11. Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, the parts where it really, like, cuts loose are, like, great. And then other times you're like, yeah, this is, like, fine. This is... Yeah. I don't have much else to say about Wanted. Yeah. I, yeah. So, said it's... It's can keep this moving along. Yeah. Maybe this isn't going to be our longest episode. Yeah. We're, we're... <laughs> we're a third of the way done. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Neither one of us has, like, a lot to say about the last movie. Yeah, um, so but next up is Slumdog Millionaire, a movie which I'm going to have. So I'll say this. I know this is a, this film won Best Picture this year. Um, in recent years, there's been there's a lot of controversy about it. I know like India hasn't always been happy with its portrayal of things. There was a movie this year called The White Tiger, which is about like a poor kid from India who who kind of eventually becomes successful by going in crime. He's like, this isn't a fantasy. There's no game show that gives you like a million dollars. Like it's, so I'm like, oh, so this literally just is like, fuck you, Slumdog Millionaire, the movie. Um, But I'm going to say this because, and, and, and I know you like this movie, man. So I'll say um, whenever, really, I've, all the stuff of his childhood, I just found very, very boring um when it's at the game show i'm like yeah this is cool and whenever we're not at the game show i'm like i want to be back at the game show like it's 
I think, like, his backstory, in theory, is this exciting thing. It's like, there's crime. There's, like, he's conning people. But really, I'm like, man, just get me back to that millionaire set. Like, just get me back to Anil Kapoor and, like, his shady game show host tactics. Just Oh, man, I super disagree, I guess. I thought, like, the, the childhood stuff was, like, very, very interesting. I think it was, like... I think that, um, like, once, like, sort of, like, the, um, the sort of flow of this movie, or, like, its structure is that you see him, like, answer, it's, like, opens up with, like, he is suspected of cheating, and then it goes to him, like, answering questions on the game show, and every answer he has to it relates to, like, something that happened in his, like, childhood. Some of it's, like, done okay. Some of it's done, like, really kind of awkward and lame, um, but I don't know. I really thought the stuff in his childhood was like really compelling. Um, yeah, and it, it might even just be a me thing because I remember like I had watched a movie before. I'm like, yeah, this is good, but I don't know the flashbacks. I just wasn't that interested in. But then, and then yeah, actually for you, I, like, well, maybe I'll like it more now. And I was watching, like, oh no, get me back to the game. Yeah, I had the opposite feelings where I feel like my my biggest problem with this movie is that um, near the end, I feel like it starts petering out. Um, it starts being like. Because I was super captivated by, like, the childhood stuff. I think, like, the, the all three of the actors, um, oh, I guess all nine? I don't know if there's, like, a middle... Oh, there would have been, yeah. So there's, there's like, the three mainish characters that all have, like, three distinct times that they're being portrayed. I think they all did a fantastic job. And, like, I don't know. It was just really, really compelling. Um I do understand probably the, like, the upsetness of, like, um, how, like, poverty was being, like, portrayed, um, and, like, that's totally valid, um, but just, like, but taking it as, like, taking as what, I guess, like, yeah, if it's, I guess if it's not accurate, this is just fiction, um, but taken as that and taken in the context of the story, I thought it was super compelling, like, I... I was super like enthralled with this. Like I wanted to see what happened next. And I, I, I thought the format was really interesting. Um, how it was like going like back and forth. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, if you ask me to explain, it's like, I like some stuff. Like when he's pretending to be a tour guide at the Taj Mahal to like trick tourists, that's really funny. Um, and like the stuff there, but I know what stuff is like, Oh yeah, it's, it's kind of crime. And then, Sometimes there's there. I think part of it is, and I was telling this to like a friend, a friend earlier today, day when I was just trying to explain, kind of my thing with Slumdog Millionaire is who wants to be a millionaire? I think as a game show format, and it's it's one that like I remember it was really big when I was like a kid, like the first couple years, and then it kind of went out to the background and they tinkered with it. But I think. The classic thing of you are answering questions and each one is going to get you closer to like the big jackpot and you can walk away at any point but like what yeah, but and you and you don't know what the questions are going to like be and you have a certain amount of lifelines like that that that's just interesting like maybe the thing is i'm like man i just wish i was watching like more episodes of who wants to be a millionaire like the <laughs> Yeah, that could absolutely be and, the case. Yeah, and again, it's and you know I think the actors here like they do a good good job, but also like and Dev Patel like this is like kind of his big big sort of perform- performance. Um, 
and you know I think he does well but like I think both the guy who does like plays the game Joe host and the Anil Kapoor and then Irfan Khan I think I got that right who's like the inspector who's interrogating him I think are just both giving these really good charismatic performances where I'm like maybe maybe I just need them to just keep popping up in the flashback somehow like just yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no I I think yeah this movie just like other than I think like near the end I think it does like sort of um like a lot of like yeah a lot of like the crime stuff like honestly wasn't super compelling and I totally see that and like I definitely wish that there was like a little more to like the millionaire side of it um but like I don't know especially like the first little bit especially when I like didn't really know where the movie was going like all of like the super young child stuff was like super like compelling and like actually like it was like really scary and like it was really tragic I don't know did you when you watched it did you watch subtitles for the like non uh for like the the um parts where they're uh speaking uh indian um yeah i believe i had those on yeah i did, i did not did yours not <laughs> no. have those? i i made a decision so you just couldn't understand no like, and the... i think i think i had a really good time because i didn't know what they were saying so i had to like and i don't feel like it hurt it didn't hurt my experience at all during any of those scenes because you, you understand what's happening um like at all times like there was no there was no i didn't have any like it was all very clear that i had complete clarity watching it huh that's yeah it's interesting i hadn't realized <laughs> you're going without those yeah. yeah i'll say maybe part of it is since also like in the past year i've I've watched, not a ton, but I've watched, like, a bit more, like, Indian cinema and stuff from kind of the world of, like, Bollywood and stuff, include, yeah, and there's some films I really like. I might, like, recommend one one of the them this weekend that I know is, like, a, available, and I, like, I think, like, Indian cinema the, itself is so in, interesting, and, you know, sometimes their stories are, like, kind of similar to, like, people in, like, sort of poor circumstances, especially kind of in the classic era, but, uh, I don't know, there's usually a bit more to it. Maybe I just needed, like, them to commit to just being a full-on film of, like, big musical numbers instead of just having one during the credits. Also, I'll say this. I think the movie cuts off the kiss just as it's getting good. Oh, yeah, this movie had such a weird... The the kiss is literally, like, the last thing you see before the credits. Um, And they freeze-frame it just as it's starting. And that's such... It's so weird. That's such a... That, like, tonally is just not at all what the film was. And it's super weird to end on this, like, weird, like, freeze frame, fade out, like, Disney family original movie ass ending. And that's so weird. That's such a weird choice to have. Yeah. So if you've never seen Slumdog Millionaire, essentially the premise is, yeah, it's about this kid who's on this game show and all this stuff relates to his life. But kind of what you learn through this backstory is it's like, him and his brother, and then this girl from the streets, yeah, Latika? Or Latika? Like, it's... I think it's Latika, but, like... Yeah, but this girl, basically, who, like, joins them, and there's kind of a love love triangle, like, but she's with them briefly, and then they disappear, and then sort of disappears for a while, and then they come back, and she's kind of, like, be... Yeah, and she's kind of been forced into... sex work by like this crime crime boss and they take out like his 
brother takes out the crime boss, but then kind of double crosses him and like sort of takes Latika and sends Dev Patel's character Jamal off to like do uh, other stuff while he while they both go over to like this other crime boss. Um, yeah, it's, but then, it's weird. Yeah, but Dev Patel, like, so his character then is, like, searching for her, and then eventually has an encounter with an adult where he learns that she loves this, like, who wants to be a millionaire, so he decides to become a contestant on it. Um, and then, so it is, like, just building up to, are they ever going to reunite? Are they ever going to, like, get the chance to, like, be together? And, like, a lot of the film's stuff, once the, once the flashback thing ends... There is, like, a lot of business with his brother has kind of, like, let her go free, and he gets kind of a redemption slash shootout death, death moment, and she call, and she winds up being on the show for, like, the climactic final question, which, oh yeah, did you know, did you guess that, like, the last question was going to be the musketeer thing? Like, uh, no, um... Not at all. Oh my god, this might have been something that like I may have missed out on just because of the. Um, is oh, that some... you, yeah? Because yeah. I wouldn't know what they're talking. You about. wouldn't have known. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Early in the <laughs> film, like because she doesn't want to go in. He's like, "You hear me? The Three Musketeers," and then they're and then she's like, "What?" They're like, "It's a book." The book. She's like, "Yeah, I'm Athelstan." Like he's poor folks, but there there's a third one. We don't know who what the name is. And then the final question to win a million dollars, because one of the ideas of this film is this has all kind of been fate in some way, is who's like the third musketeer? And like, he doesn't know. So he call, uses phone a friend to call his brother because it's the only phone number he knows. And like, she answers and then like, like, hey, I'm safe. But she, he's like, cool. Do you know the answers to this question? She's like, no, no, I, I don't know it. So then he guesses and gets it right. Like, it's... And I'll say, as much as I'm like, yeah, I don't really like this movie, like, I'll, the ending's effective. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah you got it right. Like, I, Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, I was super compelled. I think the ending is, like, kind of where I felt definitely more bored, I guess. Just because, like, it's very, it was very hard to see it going any other way. Whereas, like, in the beginning, there was still, like, a lot of, like, how is he going to get here? The two cop characters are just, like, really, really fun. Um, and, yeah, and the, the host host character as well. Like, Yeah, I guess the beginning also has the game of, oh, because sometimes you know the question before, like, they show the flashback. And other times, it is stuff that, like, comes to stuff that comes before. So it's, like, what's going to be relevant later? Like it, Yeah, it's a fun little game. Yeah, there was something where I'm like, maybe I just want a movie about the game show host. Like, how many other people has he, like, tried to give the wrong answer to in, like, the bathrooms? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really fun scene. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about uh, about this movie. I'm glad I finally watched it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we had some conflict here, but I think we got through it. We're, we're both united in that this is definitely one of the weaker kisses, right? Oh, yeah, it's like, definitely it's one of the weakest yeah like it's just like it could have and it could have been good i don't know why it's just such a it's a weird choice it's a weird weird choice yeah maybe if they had kept kissing and then it went into the song instead of like 
the credits starting and then the song picks up. But like the. <laughs> but yeah, it feels like they start kissing. And they're like, yeah, here we go. And then you got any more Slumdog Millionaire thoughts? Or no, I uh, yeah. I think I remember this movie came out. I don't know if this is true. This is complete conjecture. But I think didn't this movie come out at around the same time as that movie where that guy got his arm stuck in like the mountain? Or am I completely missing? 127. Yeah. I want to think 127 hours is like a year or two after that. That, that would make sense. I just remember... Because yeah. that's also Frank... Oh, yeah, it's definitely after that. Because I think that's the was the year Franco hosted with like half away. Oh, okay. Um, which, was, <laughs> which would have been 2013. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so 2012 for the movie. I'm trying to think because I remember... I don't know why I have these movies linked. I think the only possible explanation is that they were probably next to each other in like one of like the last blockbusters or thqs because I, I don't know why i have those two movies like in my brain like tied together i think they were just next to each other that might that would be the only reason why <laughs> yeah that's it's funny because like yeah that is a funny link because there again isn't really a link between those two things i guess my last thing is I wonder how many people, like, their only reference point for Slumdog Millionaire is... Have you ever seen the episode of The Office where it's, like, the company picnic and Michael does the Slumdog Millionaire fiend skit? <laughs> I have not. Yeah, it's... It's like it's like him and his love interest and it's, like, Slumdunder Mifflinaire. And it's, <laughs> and it's them doing stuff. But then the joke is... One of the questions is... This has been a tough year, and I saw the closing of this branch and this branch, soon to be followed by which branch, and he and he inadvertently reveals to, like, the Buffalo, New York branch that they're going to be closing? Like, and then <laughs> the boss, and the boss is a lie where he's like, what? He's like, he, yeah, or he's like, why did, he's like, why did you reveal this information at the company picnic? He's like, I thought they knew. He's like, what? And then being there didn't tip you off? He's like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's something where he, He's like, oh, he's like, what? You heard this? You're like, oh yeah, that'll be funny. Like Michael Ian's something for his little comedy sketch, and then Steve Harrell definitely has something where he has a very indignant, yeah, thank you. Like he thinks it's a compliment <laughs> or something. Please. <laughs> yeah, with that we can move on to the other big Oscar film nominated for a Best Kiss, Milk, a film I did like a lot. So. Yeah, I thought this movie was really, really fun. Um, yeah. I, I could not, I could not think of a good pun. I th I sat on it for like a day, um, cause like his. Do you want to explain to the listener <laughs> what pun you were trying to so make? So this movie is about a lot of people who are intolerant, and his name is Milk. So I was trying to make the connection of like lactose intolerance, and regular intolerance and it just there was just nothing clicking it was just it's one of those things where like they're so close together it's so perfect that nothing works there's like there's no there's no gap to cross there because they're just the same word like it's just there's there's no room for a joke it's not there's nothing there so hopefully someone maybe listening could try and think of one um yeah this movie it's so like engaging. I talked about it earlier when we were talking about Twilight that like this movie like on paper it's just sort of like um I guess it's like it's like a it's like a political bi biopic um about milk. Um 
and like a lot of Harvey Milk. Yeah. <laughs> um, which like and like if you were to sort of like break down each act and like what happens, there's not a lot of like interesting things that happen that like sound interesting. But the movie like makes everything really compelling with like the performances and just like how everything moves along. Like I'm really really happy about this movie. Yeah, it also I think does a really good job. Like his. When I'm thinking about this film, I thought kind of a bit about, like, Boys Don't Cry, um, another film which features, yeah, like, just kind of, or ends sort of with, like, mur- a horrific murder, but, like, and why, like, that one I just find, like, so ups- upsetting, and this one, like, and and this one, like, I'm able to handle, and I think part of it is because, you know, it's not done as a twist, like, it's presented up front, I mean, even if you didn't know the guy, it's presented, like, up front, Harvey Milk, like, and the mayor are gonna get assassinated, and then the kind of framing device is Milk sort of recording his will, kind of before, shortly before, yeah, before he dies, and I think just the way it handles it, and also, like, the actual killing thing, like, it's tense, but it's not, like, emotion no it's, it's emotionally it's, charged yeah. but not in a way where you're like this is distressing it, it's like, it's quiet like it is both literally yeah. quiet i think there's like no audio and it's like it's figuratively quiet it's a very like subdued moment it's not like sweeping it's just very like subdued yeah and i think that that helps there and um it's interesting to see emile hirsch from girl next door is kind of playing his like little protege there cleve jones just the, um i don't know if you recognize him <laughs> I, I did not at all wow <laughs> yeah oh man i guess he is like kind of like the one of like the characters that's around so much longer like despite the two um people being nominated for kissing like the James Franco and Sean Penn like relationship it makes up a very small percentage of this movie. Yeah, a lot of this film is really about how he his relationships are kind of harmed by him always putting politics first. Um, one with much greater consequences than the Franco who still like who still appears afterwards. But yeah, the like kisses fairly early on and yeah it's just kind of like it's just a cute little flirting moment that like ends with like a little kiss it's very yeah. very sweet yeah there is also this is another one where it's like there's two possibilities isn't there also where like they're kissing on the street in san francisco when they move there like it's um i i think it's the yeah. first one though or at least that's the one i want to go off of yeah, the first one, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with going with the first one, which, yeah, is this little, like, neat, cute with them. Yeah, it's like, it's like one of the first scenes of the movie, um, that isn't, like, the, um, the recording of, like, the, the will. Yeah, it's like he meets Franco, and it's, like, Fra- Franco's a lot younger than him, like, that's kind of a thing that all of, kind of, his love interests are, are sort of, there's, like, an age difference there, but you never feel like there's... At least with Franco, there's never that much of, like, a power imbalance. Like, they both feel kind of in control, and it is sort of the same. Oh, yeah, it's his... It's the eve of his 40th birthday, and, you know, somehow leads to them deciding to, like, move to San... Ends with them deciding to move to San Francisco. Like... And then, um, sort of when they get there... I can't remember what spurs this on, but, um, they want to start running for office. I think it's because, like, they've noticed that, like, there's been a lot of, like, police brutality towards like um 
certain uh like um homosexual members of the of the community and like so they decide that they want to like try and run for office and i think um like uh sean penn's character uh harvey milk is like very like adamant about like even if we lose like it's it's like about like just like being like hurt even a little bit um like knowing that like we're there yeah it's yeah he becomes very involved with the gay rights movement like they move to like the Castro, which is a predominantly gay neighborhood, and they're like, and it used to be Irish Catholic, and there's a, a Catholic, and there's a lot of like conflict there, and he yeah winds up becoming an activist and runs for office, and it's interesting because like it does take him a while to actually win, like yeah, because like initially he's like he's running like very much like a um he's not putting like a lot of a i'm trying to think of the right words here originally he's just sort of like running and he just he puts all of his like ambitions and like what he wants directly first and he's not i guess like putting like quotes here like playing the game when it comes to like politics whereas like as the movie moves forward he gets much more like savvy about like how the system works and like how he can he can still enact his change while within that system or like to the best of his ability and even, even parts that are outside the system as well. Oh, yeah. Did you realize that Josh Brolin, who, like, plays... yeah, Like, did you realize that Thanos is the guy who eventually kills him? I, I did. That was the first thing I noticed, is that it was, uh, it was Josh Brolin. Um, <laughs> he, he plays... Yeah, yeah, he plays sort of, um, I think, like, a... I don't know what they're called. Like, are they mayors? They're like representatives of some kind. They're, they're, I think they're supervisors. That's the name. So like, he's like, so Josh Brolin plays like the supervisor of like a neighboring district. Um, and they sort of like, they sort of, I don't know, like at no point in the movie do I think they scratch each other's backs, but they like keep on wanting to like, you do this thing and I do this thing, but I don't think either one follows through on any of it. Um, they yeah, essentially it's, want it's yeah. Like, yeah a lot of like kind of that portion of the movie then it's but well yeah it becomes this thing of they are they are kind of opposites but they're like well there's ways to work to each other like milk goes to his first kid's christening and he's and he's trying to like get him i think to stop uh psychiatric hospital from opening in exchange for like his support for like a gay rights ordinance but then milk's like wait no like i can't like prevent a hospital from opening up and then he he, and then it leads to a thing where like he feels betrayed and ultimately he's the only one who votes against the gay rights ornament like it's yeah he ends up not needing his vote at all um yeah yeah. and then a lot oh sorry And then a lot of it also becomes them trying to defeat Proposition Six. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was like to like repeal um, like certain rights from like gay individuals. Like you could fire someone just because they're gay. I think especially was applied to like schools, to the point where like you could actually um, fire people who were like even complicit in like letting them uh, letting them like stay as like a teacher. Yeah. It's. Yeah. That's an interesting part of the movie because this is a film that also like uses a lot of like archival footage from like the actual news story and stuff. So, at least one, at least one like historical figure is only just represented in like footage. Like this Anita Bryant, like you know, like uh-huh. they only has an actor to play her. She's just, it's just her footage, yeah. 
But yeah, I, I, I think you're right where it's, where it's a thing where, because I remember this being a movie where for years I'm like, oh, is this just going to feel like kind of homework to like watch it? But it's like, no, it's like really yeah, engaging. they make it it's... super compelling while like packing in like a lot of like historical info. Yeah, uh, Sean Penn is an interesting guy. And of course, like James Franco has become like more problematic over the ye- years. But like, I think they're both really good here. Like, yeah, they're... I think they both do a really, really good job in this movie. Especially Sean Penn. Like Sean Penn is has so much yeah. to so much to carry throughout this movie because like his 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 sort of arc and the way he changes is like so subtle. Um and it's but it's still like it's still very like noticeable by the end. Like he's definitely not the character at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's a good performance. It's like, wow, no wonder Al Chapo agreed to be interviewed by him. Just Oh yeah. Also interesting is um, Lucas Ga- yeah, Lucas Gabriel. Gra- I've never really pronounced his last name, but Ryan from High School Musical Three has like a bit role in this. It's like one of the oh, yeah. one of the like, I, kind of people. I made a note of that. Yeah, he absolutely. I thought he was going to be in it more, um, and I also had to like I had to like verify that that was him. But like, yeah, no, he's in this movie for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, which I'm like, oh, that's cool. Little connection here. Um, yeah, I don't have. I don't have much else to say about milk. Yeah, it was just a a surprisingly uh, interesting, like uh, kind of biopic. It was really, really fun. Yeah, with that and wow, we actually are trucking along on this episode. Yeah, like I think it's... I think it's really, really true that like it's very hard to talk a really long time about something that you just enjoyed. Like, there's nothing really to bite on. Like, I could, I could, yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, because. Well, I mean, not doing full-length plot summary helps, but it is also where we're like, oh man, there's six movies, and at least one of them it's going to have a ton to say on, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so maybe that'll be our shortest segment, who knows? Yeah, it's hard to say. It's always really, it's no, you never know, you know? Because uh, like, I, I could probably talk for an hour about how much I dislike Disturbia, but like, I'll just go, eh, Enchanted's really good, nothing much else to say. <laughs> yeah, moving on to, I'm really glad that you, um, you didn't really you you didn't really vibe with Slumdog Millionaire because I thought you were talking when you because we messaged each other before that like there was one movie you didn't oh, like. yeah I'm like there's one movie I, I don't thought like. it, which one I you... thought you were gonna think I love you man and I was getting really upset because like I really enjoyed I love you man <laughs> uh, I'm glad it was Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> no I was into I love you man no I was too <laughs> like so this movie is like a bromantic comedy um, it's about paul rudd's character who's like this like he's like he fi- he's been with his girlfriend of like eight months and he's like head over heels for her and he doesn't really have any like guy friends but he has like a lot of like girlfriends and like that's sort of like who he's sort of like hanging out with a lot but he hasn't he doesn't have any like strong male connections in his life um wait does um uh jk Simmons plays his father right yeah, okay. this is the second year where J.K. Simmons is playing the quirky dad in a movie, and once again, he's, like, really funny in it. Like, super it's... funny. And Andy Samberg plays Paul Rudd's uh, gay brother. Um, yeah. Yeah. And J.K. Simmons, like, best friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Him and, like, Hank Jakakis. Like, just... all the jokes in this movie, like, really work, honestly. Um, <laughs> like... 
so like the whole like thing is that he's just trying to find someone to like be his like best man so like his brother keeps on like setting him up on like bro dates or what was it mandates um to like try and find someone but they all just seems to not be working out at all like he, he has um he has Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine um who's like his like quirk is that like he's on speaking with like a high-pitched voice every like every few seconds when he like screams oh yeah <laughs> this is this is something where i realized i'm like oh this is how andy samberg and like jolo trulio met just like because they do have like scenes together later and i'm like huh i mean maybe they met somewhere else but i'm like oh this is definitely the first time they've worked together I'm like wow and then during like this scene during like this scene where he's going on a bunch of dates this is like kind of where the kiss happens because he like he like starts talking to like the um, thomas uh lennon's character um and then like they're going on this like date and then it thomas lennon thinks that it's like an actual like date date um and they just kiss at the end and like the kiss it's not it's all right it's not really even all that funny um but boy howdy does the character like coming back it's hilarious i absolutely adore it like so much like him coming back every once in a while just to like interject and like him being at the end is like really really nice yeah this this was one where i was concerned like uh, i mean with many of these things where like it's a comedy and the kisses between two guy two guys and it's called i love you man where it's like oh is this gonna be like bad but i think it's played right like it's not like we're Paul Rudd's like, ooh, gross. It really just is like, it's a miscommunication. And then, yeah. And, but again, never really gets, like, cor- corrected. Well, maybe by the time yeah. he's being, like, the best man. But <laughs> it is funny that, like, to, to just go around calling him, like, a whore. Yeah. Which is, like, <laughs> so, like, um, Paul Rudd, behind all this, is, like, trying to sell Lou Ferrigno, a.k.a. the Hulk's house. Um, which is like, that's awesome. Like, that's such a funny bit. Um, he like meets, um, oh, what's his name? The actor. Um, oh, what's his name? He's like really fan. Jason Segel? Yeah, wait. Yeah. J- wait, who are you talking about? I, I was like, thinking, I, I was going to say Steven Seagal, but I knew that was wrong, but that was the name like floating around in my head. But yeah. Um, Jason Segel. And like, he like meets him at the, like the Lou Ferrigno open house. And he's just like, he's like, um, he's just sort of, it's just like pointing out things about people and like, he's able to read people really well. And he's like, oh, I'll level with you. Like, I'm not going to buy this house. Like I just came here for the free food and like, he appreciates his honesty and they just have like, I don't know. They have such a really like good connection. Like they're, um, they're just like their, uh, their chemistry between each other. Like, I don't know. It's probably... Uh, it's up there and it's like probably the best out of this entire year in terms of like characters like connections with each other i don't know what it is but like it's just like the um the level at which they like bond with each other is like so so nice to watch yeah the seagull character is really good and there's something where because there's there's kinds of movies um a recent example is like the disney plus well, ten, star Hulu original Vacation Friends with Lil Ray Halry and John Cena, where you get the thing where, like, 
oh, it's a sort of a friendship, but, you know, one person or a couple are, like, kind of butting up, and the other ones are, like, the wild, and the other one's, like, the wild man, the young, the raging id, and Jason Segel isn't really that. Like, he, no, they, you know, yeah, they, he's, like, a free spirit, and, like, he, he, and he, like, says, um, says weird things for me a bit where he gets nervous and says during the rehearsal dinner that Rashida Jones should give him, like, more blowjobs, but, like, it's, <laughs> but, like, he's, he's, like, but it's not like it's, like, oh, yeah, he's this crazy guy. It's just, like, yeah. it's just, like, a regular person. Really. Yeah, it's, it's so, like, this movie is, like, I think it's, it's rather short, but it's, like, it's just so fun. It's such a fun, like, kind of bro-y movie. And, like, yeah. Yeah, it's just so like, and it really is like a rom com between two guys. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so it's so lovely and like, like yeah, like we said, the um the Thomas Lennon character like, there's like a scene later on where like this is after they've like kissed and like Paul Rudd is sort of to explain to him like like I'm sorry and then he sees him and um, Jason Segel like hanging out and he just walks by and goes whore. And then there's a scene much later in the movie during like the third act, like, um, like conflict where, uh, Jason Siegel bored a bunch of money, um, to put up a bunch of billboards for Paul Rudd. And it was just a bunch of like goofy photos. And Paul Rudd has like a hundred calls from people being like, Hey, I'm interested in buying a house. Cause it like worked. And like, one of the calls is from like Thomas Lennon going like, Hey, I saw your billboard and. I'm just, I'm sorry the way I acted. I'm like, you know, like, please call me next time you get a chance. And it, yeah, it ends up being one of like, and like, oh man, like the ending of this movie is so nice. Like the wedding, it's such, everything about that scene just made me smile. Yeah, like the reveal that he, ultimately all these kind of men he's, he's sort of been with throughout, like he does make them all like his groomsmen and it is like a really funny like collection of characters. Yeah. Right? So there's J.K. Simmons and Annie Sandberg and then Lou Ferrigno yeah. and like Thomas Lennon and this old guy and Jolo Trulio. Yeah, and like oh yeah, everything about it is just like yeah. kind of like perfect. There's like a part where like the um the character who is it um it would have been uh, uh Rashida Jones. Um yeah. yeah. Who also is really, really good, good in this movie. In a, yeah. in a role that I think there's a version of this where her hair is just more a stick in a mud. Yeah. But like she's, she's fun. So she, fun. She has like her she has lots of friends. She's genuinely concerned that like he's basing too much of like his life around her. Mm. Like it's it's nice. Yeah. There's like a scene like in this final final stretch where like he calls up Jason Siegel and says, like, Hey, like, I know like that you guys are like kind of fighting right now, but like you should come to the wedding. He's like I, I'll, I'll be on like uh, I'll try and make it I'll try and find a suit and he's like already on the highway in his suit like on his moped like speeding down the highway like that's just such a nice like absolutely lovely yeah. little scene also John Favreau is really funny in this <laughs> playing like a real jerk yeah I again there's a version of this movie where that character is the worst part about this movie and brings everything down but I think like Favreau and um, who's he who's he paired with um, oh. I'm trying to remember. Oh. It's um, oh, who is it? It's I'm looking it up. Yeah, uh, Jamie Preston. Yeah, their like dynamic with each other is like 
it's so good. And there's yeah, there's super a version of this movie where like Jamie Presley was actually the cheerleader in not another teen movie. Oh, yeah. I just to <laughs> that in. Oh, the connections. Yeah, no, like they're just like yeah. an awful just like completely mean to each other couple. <laughs> but they always they always like love each other but like by the end, but like just like the the delivery of Favreau just is so good in this. Like one hundred percent great, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the guy who only cares about his poker night. <laughs> and then... Yeah. And notably is not, but one of his, like, roomsmen at the end, because Paul Rudd also just, like, vomits all over him. <laughs> and, like, a good gross out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is a wonderful little romantic comedy. Like, I... Oh, I, I can't... I can't gush about it anymore like any more than i already have like it is it is a wonderful wonderful movie yeah i'll say i'm not fully sure like i mean you know the kiss is fine but like it's also like i'm not fully sure why it got a nomination other than people going oh i maybe it's because they're like oh jason siegel's really good in forgetting sarah marshall like can we get like can we get some of that buzz or like yeah we'll nominate him for like this other film well or well but he didn't even get a nom. It's like, well, nominate another film he was kind of in, but it's different people there. Yeah, it's really weird. It's Yeah, it is like, it's like, it's the least funny part about that character, like his interaction in the movie, where it's like, everything else is great. Um, there's like a bit where like, where like, that him and uh, Paul Rudd and Jason Segel are like kind of fighting a little bit. And he's like, well, like, well, it was like the last like best night you've ever had. And it was like, well, like watching Chuck La with my with my wife, um, and he's like, oh, like he's like, oh, like what what's that movie? Like say chocolate, like come on, like. And then there's such a funny payoff where, like, later in the movie, during like the third act conflict where they're split up, Jason Siegel's like watching Chakula and he's like smiling, and then he just he goes, "Huh, stupid movie," and then he keeps on watching. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's an even better scene later on at the wedding where he's like, he's like, I saw the movie. It was great. And then like Andy Samberg's like, what? And like Jake Sim is like, what's that movie? And then like Thomas, Thomas Lennon is like, it's a fantastic movie. Like it's, yeah, it's... there's, I wasn't expecting Chocolat payoff in this movie. Like it was great, especially Chocolat payoff twice. Like it was fantastic. Yeah, and you said you were going to watch Chocolate. I will watch it eventually. I remember, I was trying to remember why I watched it. Because, like like I said, before this podcast, I barely watched any movies. I think I had to watch it for English class. Um, That's the only reason I think I've seen it. If if it is the movie I'm thinking it is. Because I'm pretty sure. You've seen it, right? (laughs) I have not seen it. if, If this is the movie I'm thinking of, I think the premise is that there's, like, this really uptight town where like a lady moves in and like starts selling chocolate and then everyone else slowly starts to like like oh man like maybe it is fun to have fun um and then johnny depp's also in it i'm not sure i don't remember what role he plays he's like the he's like a crazy he's like the like the wild love interest hmm. yeah i'm looking at yeah this does sound it's good. honestly <laughs> i think if i from what i remember it's fan it's really really good and I'm yeah, I'm really what? glad that this movie reminded me of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll both watch Chocolat at some point. Though I, I mean I've, 
Well, I've also been busy. Uh, I'll, I'll find a time to fit it in at some point. We'll both give chocolate reports. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and, like, there's almost guaranteed a kiss in it. 100%. There's no way there's not. Yeah. I think I've I've gushed all my goosh about I love you, man. Wow, we've been really keeping it reined in, even though we talked <laughs> for, like, two minutes about the Mario movie. It's just... <laughs> Uh, I, I like it's just it's just we just enjoyed these movies like it's there's just really like there's nothing to critique really um yeah now we get to what i'm sure we'll have nothing to say about um, <laughs> high school musical three senior year um yeah something that you pointed out and like boy howdy like the production value on this is insane like i I haven't, I need to go back and watch the other ones, but, like, there's no way there's something at, like, the level of, like, the song where Zac Efron is in, like, the hallway that's twisting. Like, that's so cool visually. Like, Yeah, I mean, Bet On It has him running around a golf course. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, we talked about this last week, but, right, the other two High School Musical films were, like, direct to yeah or like kind of direct to video yeah well not direct to video they were like disney channel original films that had um like not no money but definitely the first film you can tell you're like oh yeah this is low budget and the second one you're like oh yeah and then the second one you're like okay this is like more budget going on and then this one, um, partly, and you know, I'm sure part of it is just because the it's like a thea- theater. Um. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because even this one, when like you look, Wikipedia says the budget for this was 11 million, which is not that much more. No. Like High School Musical was 4.2 million, and High School Musical Two was 7 million. So really, it's four million more. They but... do. They do a lot with it. Yeah. Yeah, and pro- probably because like the p- the names in this movie are essentially names because they did High School Musical. Oh yeah. Like other than that, like Ashley Tisdale's maybe the one who had had like some recognition before that. Like the original High School Musical film was definitely marketed around see Ashley Tisdale in High School Musical, and then. She's also the best performance in that, but by the third one, I think all the actors have kind of definitely risen up to meet her. Uh-huh, 100%. And... Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. The... But yeah, but yeah, you can tell from the jump when it starts at, like, the very well-lit basketball game, you're like, oh, they have money <laughs> Exactly. Like... Oh, man. Yeah, the first song is, like, super, and that whole first scene is just, like, what a, what a hype moment. I also, like... It's been a while since yeah. I've seen these movies. Um, I, man, I would, the conflict in this movie, I thought that was, is that not the conflict from the first one as well? I get, you know what? I guess the conflict in this movie is multifaceted. There's like a lot going on. But like, I thought like the picking between basketball and the theater, I didn't think that was still an issue. <laughs> I mean, but I'll, I, I can explain this as it goes in. Yeah. So the first movie, obviously, is Troy Bolton is the hotshot basketball star, yeah. and then he <laughs> sings karaoke with Vanessa Hudgens, like, 
character, Gabriella, who's this smart girl who moves around a lot, who then moves to his school and convinces him to try out for the musical, but it becomes a thing of conflict where he's like, but I'm a basketball yeah. player. Can I, like, He's got his that? head in his game and, then... and the heart in the song. Yeah. Then High School Musical 2, because then this is the other thing, but High School Musical 2 is the is them like kind of going for the summer and a lot of the plot of that one is him like with his uh kind of with Ashley Tisdale is trying to lure him over essentially to win him over and romance him and part of it is her dad has connections with this university where he this Albuquerque like U of A where he's gonna go to like school and he meets basketball players so it's him like kind of looking to his future while his friends are like no you should live in the moment more which ultimately he concedes yeah you guys were completely right but then this one he's like what am i gonna do Um, (laughs) yeah but i'll say this is a movie that there's a lot of potential story points it's not very interested in many of them. Like, it's more about, like, here, hang out with the (laughs) characters, and there's kind of, they're putting on a musical, there's, like, stuff going on. But what it does care about is, um, the story of this film is, yeah, Zac Efron, the guy who was always gonna go to this basketball university, sort of realizing, hmm, is this even what I want to do? Is there something else for me? So, in that way, it's not really a pick between basketball and theater. But... The plot device they use to introduce this in one of the more, um, I love this movie. I think it's like, to me, it's like a perfect film, but I'm going to fully admit this is insane. The plot device is someone has secretly applied to Juilliard, like the very prestigious, like theater, like dramatic art school on Troy's behalf. (laughs) And he is a, and he has a very good shot of getting into the school. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, to this movie's credit, I think that that's, that's pretty contrived. Um, yeah, it also, like, he never goes, hmm, should I go to Juilliard instead? It's just, it's just kind of like a disruptor for him to go, wait, I had other options? Like, but it's just something that's insane <laughs> that, like, he's, they're considering, like, hmm. Um, and then, and then other people also have Juilliard stuff, which goes, again, kind of goes to some of, it's kind of mo- motivating Ashley Tisdale, where by, she's, the antagonist in, like, kind of the first film and ends with them kind of on good terms, but then she's the antagonist in the second film, but then she's on even better terms with them. So for this one, it's just kind of, well, she's not really the antagonist, but I guess she has to do shady stuff, but it's not even shady stuff. It's, like, publicizing that Vanessa Hudgens has a good opportunity that she should definitely take that could maybe benefit her, like, to... I think this movie, like, if if I were to give it my, like, one critique, is that, like, um, Ashley Tisdale's character, Sharpay, is just, like, kind of, like, weird, yeah, weird in this movie where, like, she's not, like, cartoonishly, like, vitriolic or, like, villainous. Um, She's just kind of, like, passive, which is, like, it's just really weird. Like, I guess, like, because Juilliard is on the line, but like it was she, she wasn't even being considered for it, though, was she? It was her brother. No, she's one of the. She's oh wait, one of the is... candidates. It's, it's her Troy, her Bro- Ryan, and then Kelsey. The like, 
composer. Okay. And then Ryan and Kelsey are ultimately the ones who get it, which I think is nice because, like, they... Cause Ryan's initially in the first film, I, as you'll remember, kind of positions him as, oh, he's also an actor. And then in this one, they kind of... The second one sort of leans more into his real passion is like choreography. And then this one really does have him. Yeah. He's the choreographer. Yeah, kind I think of acts it's, so, it's like such it's, a weird decision to like... Because like, I think Sharpay could have been like a little more... A little like tighterly written. To be like a little more like, oh, I don't want to do this, but like Juilliard, like I kind of have to, because um, like I like, oh man, and like it's so weird because they also introduce like a new character that's supposed to sort of fill in that like kind of stereotypically like kind of mean teenage girl role, so like yeah, they they kind of have a next generation with potential characters who are like maybe they'll be the leads in like the new movie, but. Except the guy they choose for Troy, it's just the comic relief yeah, for the film. And like, like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think that, like, I don't know. It was just, like, it was so weird that, like, because this movie could have, I don't know. I feel like, like Sharpay's parts could have just been, like, her being, like, sort of me, like, reluctantly, like, kind of, like, uh, like, I kind of want to get the good songs. But, like, I, these people are all right. You know, I've known them for three years, and I feel like I've made enough peace. And then maybe if you needed a character to do something, like, extra bad, you could have, like, the new Sharpay do it. Yeah. Which they kind of try and set up, because also, um, yeah, something in the end, end is, of course, after going through her, again, not really a plan, but pushing, contributing to Vanessa Hudgens' decision to not partake in the musical so she can go to this honors program at Stam Samford, which for some reason means that like Sharpay will just do Gabriella's part, even though they're all supposed to be playing themselves. <laughs> like has it so that this new Sharpay who is the understudy for Sharpay is gonna play her role. And then eventually when and we're going to double like I'm going to brush back what I think is one of the funniest parts of this movie for now which is that the entire climactic musical this is theoretically building towards to half of it is used for to set up and pull off one single joke <laughs> but eventually like but she gets back and finds this person in her dressing room as her and then who reveals she's like this was my plan all along to take over the theater department she's like i was from the british school of acting and it's an insane person like what do you mean it just just makes no sense it's so weird did you ever watch like the wet hot american summer i did i did watch that that show yeah there's a bit in like there's a bit in the reunion one where, like, there's a point where the nurse reveals she's a double agent, and then he's like, Nancy's the mole! She's been the mole the whole time! And it's the joke is, it's this piece of information that's just come out of nowhere. <laughs> but then when you think about it, you're like, that makes sense. And that's reminding me of that, where she's like, she's like, uh, she's like, ta-da, I'm secretly been manipulative. And it's like, what do you mean? This hasn't been reflected in, like, the film. Like, it's, yeah. It's like, were we supposed to wonder about this? Like, oh man! And um, so the kiss—it's the—it's the kiss that's like, um, is it the one that's like after Zac Efron like meets uh, Vanessa Hudgens at her new school, and they have the like little prom dance? 
Yes, that is what I am. Yeah, like this yeah. is my assumption that that's what. Yeah, it is. exactly. And Me it too. is great. It <laughs> is a oh my! And this movie has probably the best kiss tease because there's like a uh, one of the songs they're like dancing in the rain, and they almost yeah. kiss but they don't. I was oh I was so ooh what the hell. Um, yeah. Well, but, like, you have to wait for the reprise of it. Yeah. Also, like, like, I definitely got like the timeline fucked up entirely because, like, I thought it was the play, and then prom, and then graduation. But apparently, was it the prom and then the play and then graduation? Yeah, the prom go. Yeah, the prom happens first, but they ultimately have Zach Zach Efron and Vanessa Hudgens do not go to the prom. Yeah, cuz like which she, is why they she, do the prom musical number earlier on so yeah. you could still do all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But like I thought Vanessa Hudgens, I thought she was going to come back for the prom. She was going to miss the musical, but she was going to show for graduation, which made me think like, okay, it's musical, then prom, then graduation. But apparently that's not how it was. Yeah, no, she was just going to come after graduation. She wasn't going to do the prom. They were just going to go... Oh, okay. Like he, he was just going to go with, like, the friends or... Well, okay, that makes way more sense. Okay, that... that I, I got my timeline completely messed up on that one. But it leads to, like, a very, very lovely scene. Where, like, they're, like, yeah. dancing at her new school. And, like, this is what I was, I was going to say earlier, that, like, the Juilliard thing is so weird and dumb. But, like... The conflict between like Zach Efron and Vanessa Hudgens is like, really. I don't know what the what the what an antonym for like contrived would be, but like, oh my gosh, like it just, I feel like it's so weirdly like really real and like and like oh my gosh, like yeah, like moving away after high school is super like, kind of awful and like high school relationships like reaching that point can be so scary. Yeah, and that's where I think the movie goes like. This is a film where initially I'm like, oh yeah, this one's good. I don't know if it's as good as the other two. And then over the years as I've watched, I'm like, no, this might be like one of the best ones. And part of it is because like the relationship stuff in there is so, so good. Because like, yeah, the basic idea is he is going to stay in Albuquerque to like go to school and she's going to like go to, go to Stanford and they're going to like do, yeah, do a long dis distance thing and there is, I think, a lesser version of this movie, like any other version, would have the conflict be he doesn't want her to go. That, like, he, that, like, it's in a position where, like, he's like, do you really have to go to Stanford? Can't you, like, go here or whatever? Like, and that would be the thing. But he is nothing but supportive of her decision to go to Stanford. Yeah, and he's still, like, so heartbroken about it. Like, it's so... Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's like Yeah, it's and when so she's like good. I'm yeah, and when she's like, Maybe I should just stay here, he's like, No, you have to go. This is like your dream. Like it's it's maybe one of the healthiest relationships in any Disney movie. A hundred percent. Like, oh my gosh. It's so good. And like yeah, I, I feel like that makes up for maybe some of like the side stories and side characters not being as developed as this main one. Yeah, because, again, there's stuff that's interesting to a point. For example, Ryan's subplot where he is sent to, like, 
go seduce Kelsey the composer so that she'll write them a good song maybe but then immediately he asks her the prom and then they just drop that like there's yeah. an entire musical <laughs> so... number devoted to getting him and Ashley Tisdale back on the same side called I Want It All which is just this really lavish production number yeah and and then they just drop it like three scenes later it's great like it's though though also it's there is like a thing where like when fans were a bit suspicious that suddenly they were pairing him up with kelsey when historically at the end of the films like when they would all pair off for like the big end dances he would dance with a character named marfa and she would dance with this guy jason and what people have kind of suspected was going on is ryan is a character who and in recent years, Kenny Ortega, the director, has, like, confirmed that, oh, yeah, Ryan was definitely gay, but he's the kind of person who's, like, not going to figure that out till he's, like, out of high school. And so, like, there's kind of a thing where I was like, hmm, it kind of yeah. seems like Disney maybe pushed them <laughs> to, like, have Ryan in, like, a romantic relationship with a woman in this. Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't find that out till he was in, a in San Francisco in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah like what? it's like this movie like it also like super sticks the landing i would say that's something sorry i didn't even mention that i guess i kind of like sort of mentioned that about i love you man but like both these movies like oh boy how do they stick their landings like crazy oh yeah the high school musical three one which also yes something about interesting too is and his i think Corbin Blue has always been really good in the films, but Chad doesn't always get the best material. Like, it's it's a lot of stuff where he's like, oh, can't believe you're going against the team to play, like, to be in a musical or whatever. And then this one is just kind of like, like you know, it's stuff affirming their friendship. And then in the end, it's him, like, sad at the idea that suddenly, because, you know, ultimately Troy chooses to go to, like, just a different school in California that's going to be, like, clo- closer to where, like, yeah, closer to where like Gabrielle is gonna be, and and then yeah, and his friend is like, oh, yeah, you know, kind of bummed out about it, and it's like a they get this nice little moment that after their like big boys are back song, which is in a junkyard and has nothing <laughs> to do with anything, but it's just no. really fun. Listen, I man, whoever came up with the I don't is it I don't know if this is in the other movies, but the um. The broken truck subplot, like <laughs> he gets the truck in the second one. Okay, that makes sense because like it's used to like it's used for like so many little things in this movie, <laughs> and it's just like it's so weird because it's always in the background that he just has like this awful truck. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, and the like, he, yeah. There's scenes of him just pushing it around because it like won't run, and then, and then like they hang out in like this junkyard, a setting we've never seen before. And everyone's like, "Hey, look, the boys are back!" Like they used to hang out there all the time, just which they never explain or elaborate on. But no, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, we used to come here as kids, and then there's like a part where they're like little kids versions, but like it's still their regular voices. And the little kids are just mouthing it. Yeah, and and the little kids again like look really good. Um, 
like they like they look like dead ringers for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, this movie it's God, there's there is so much we could say and oh like yeah. Uh what else? Oh yeah. Again, I kind of talked about it, but the kid Rocket Man, who's supposed to be like this younger, like this freshman basketball kid who like idolizes Troy, and then accidentally becomes the like understudy after he's forced to do like stuff on this musical because they steal his clothes as like an initiation thing. Yeah, it, the sort of the movie begins with like him scoring like the winning basketball goal because like Troy passes it to him. Yeah, it's, like, his big plan that no one will ever see coming, and it's a big dramatic moment, because, like, he's... The joke with this kid is, like, he, like he's just really, like, spacey, and, like, it has, like, him with a basketball, like, what am I gonna do, as, like, everyone gasps, but then he gets, like, the... But he gets the basket, and... So, Rocket Man, they set up this bit with him, and... Oh, yeah, where, essentially, he has a crush on Sharpay... He gets this cologne to imp- impress her, but she's, like, allergic to it. She also has, like, no patience for it. And he winds up as Troy's understudy. And it's all the stuff that's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it keeps him around. It's, like, doing comic relief bits. But then, during the Big Spring musical, which we've talked around this a bit, but the premise of, like, this musical, or the kind of musical plot is Miss Darbus, their teacher who is antagonistic in the first one and is just straight up like the mentor character in this one has got them all to write a musical about their senior year experiences which just leads to like little reprises of various songs from the show but they're all kind of different like they do the big basketball song but the lyrics have slightly been changed like to reflect that it's just a a show but it's the big show and oh hey Zac Efron's not there why because he drove all the way to Stanford to let Vanessa Hudgens know, my prom is wherever you are. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't really get get into it in, but it is, it is, uh, we, we can go back to it. It's a very lovely scene that I think does affirm ultimately that, hey, maybe this relationship could last past high school. But there's a show to do. And Ashley Tisdale is doing the, like, Vanessa Hudgens role now, and... She is supposed to have this big song, this All I Want to Do is Be With You song, which is really good. All the songs in this film are really good. But, hey, Troy's not there, so someone should tell her. But then, throughout this, there's various scenes of people trying to let her know, but she is just so busy with her routine and preparing that she just ignores all this information. While, who's gonna go on? Rocket Man, who then also is panicked and... It builds up to this wonderful thing where she's on stage singing like this this bit, which builds up to a thing where she's she's like, oh, we'll be all right, even if we're miles apart. And then all of a sudden, like, well, first, nothing happens. The kid's nervous. He's like in the thing. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? And it's kind of going it starts vamping though like juilliard people are like hmm there seems to be a problem and she just keeps going miles apart and then everyone's like um but then all of a sudden the lights start flashing in and this guy jumps in with some of the best like bad acting but also just high energy like stuff where he bursts in with just a oh i wanna do 
and is be with you be with you and it's just the funniest thing like look on ashley tisdale's face and he's also still wearing the cologne she's allergic to so she keeps sneezing but the look on her face as she has to process what's happening and try and finish it's just really funny and i'm and this is like again the big climax of the film and they've devoted it all to just a gag just a bit it's so good it's really really good yeah and again it falls to this really it's like the follow-up to this really sweet thing scene and then zach efron and like troy and gabriella do get there for the second act and as you say i was like oh fine go on save the day and they just do the song over for some reason but you know it's it's a great song so i'm into it i'm like yeah yeah absolutely other things it's interesting because this film is like longer than the other one so where so when it airs on tv uh, some stuff gets cut like the boys are back gets cut but also vanessa hudgens big song in this one gets cut which kind of i guess kind of makes sense because it's a song called walk away and it's when she's going to leave but and when you said that the conflict is real it's something that they troy and gabriella never really break up in this movie but it is like a thing where it's just like communication issues and her big song is, like, how she's going to, like, leave and she knows she's going to make this decision. But it's it's not like I gotta go my own way in the second one where there's the big melodramatic, what about us? What about everything we've been through? It's just this song that's, like, given to her, like, giving this philosophy where, like, just goodbyes are too hard for her. And it's, like, really powerful. Like, it's... No, it's so... It's so good. Um, yeah. Speaking of... Um... I don't know if we're ever going to get a chance to mention it. Uh, this, this is a, twice in the episode that I'm just interjecting something because there's no other place to put it. Um, the Dear Evan Hansen movie sucked. Uh, and they also cut a song <laughs> that was like a really like powerful, like important song as well. Oh, I mean, oh, I could have like got us there. <laughs> Troy really likes trees. The Dear Evan Hansen movie brings the trees so fucking much. Like, <laughs> yeah sorry i just i wanted to i wanted to get that on record before i forgot like i know the musical has a lot of tree stuff but like i swear the movie cranks it up a ton yeah yeah no absolutely yeah it's but yeah it's this it's even a joke because he shows up at stanford in like a tree and she's like what is it with you and trees and then he hops down from the tree to go hey my prom is wherever you are but which was the line at the beginning. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. And now I'm like, man, this this is so romantic. Like it's, uh. yeah, it's <laughs> it's really really good. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, so as I expected, we've talked about this movie more than any other ones, and there's still <laughs> stuff we could say about it. But I guess if we want to point towards some kind of end, it's really fun that the last song they do is called High School Musical, and it's just about how life is like a high school musical. Like, it's... <laughs> Oh, that's so good. It's really funny that we're all in this together. It comes back as like a slow graduation song. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. That is the way you would end it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's Troy gives a speech for some reason. Like, I'm not, like he couldn't have been the... Maybe he was... I don't know what role he was in that he was giving a speech, but he gives a speech about how East High was a school that encouraged them. 
people to break the status quo, even though the whole plot of the first film is that something the students did? Like... <laughs> maybe when he said the school, maybe he meant, like, the students, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's even the point to, get to like, Gabriella when he's like, you have to come come back. Oh, yeah, because that's the thing. He gets He convinces her to come back for graduation because... He's like, you change things for everyone, like, not just me. Like, it's, you, but, like, you change things and it just doesn't, like, it's not the same without you there. Like, it's, which is, like, a nice little bit, even if it's, like, hmm. Yeah. That is the point where I'm, like, I mean, is it really, like, maybe you just need another scene of things just falling apart without her there. Because all you get is people going, oh, man, it's weird that she's not here and that Sharpay's yeah. doing her part now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite song in this, Ben? Oh my gosh, um, that's so tough. Um, I like right here, right now, uh, like both verses. Um, visually, scream. Um, I really like, yeah, that one's oh that and ah oh, man, I need to listen to all these ones again. Um, the boys are back are good. I thought the boys are back was in another movie. I didn't know that was from a three. I could have sworn I heard that before. Um, no, yeah, it's definitely three. Yeah, that's really tough. Um, I would, yeah, I guess I would have to say, like, musically, right here, right now, um, like, the visually scream, and then if I had to, like, have some one that, like, met in the middle that had, like, the best average, I would say the boys are back. That's, like, it's very visually fun, and I really like the way it sounds. It's a very fun song. That, yeah, that's interesting. Right here, right now is actually, like, I think of the three kind of big Troy Gabriella songs, that's the one, like, I I actually value the least, even though every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a good song, but, like, it's, well, can I have this dance is one I just find really sweet, and then it's nice when they, like, sing it back, sing it back when they're doing the prom before the kiss, and then, like, all I want to do, do is be with you is, yeah, also just, like, a really, yeah, nice one, but, well, right here, right now, I guess it's also good, that one I like a lot, too. Like, it's the nice little set of his treehouse, and then the bit at the end where his mom's like, come on down, or I'll come up there. And he's like, she actually will. We should go. Like, that's a good joke to end that song with. Yeah, no, that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, the actress who plays Troy's mom never gets as much stuff to do as, like, the guy who plays Troy's dad. But, like, she's really good in her bit scenes, which is... Mm-hmm. Even though she's just there to be kind of the grounding presence, but um, there's always more to say about this, but we probably can move on unless you have anything else. Um, no, I think this was like a really super great movie. Like, I'm really glad that I finally got to close the or tie the High School Musical knot after after so many years. I really just want to go back and watch the other one. And also, like, I really want to watch Camp Rock as well. Like, I don't know why that genre of music is kind of over now. Or genre of movie is sort of done now. Um. <laughs> I mean, Disney keeps trying to do them. Well, yeah. like, Kenny Ortega goes on to do the Descendants films, which I've seen, like, one of. And they're not as good as the High School Musical ones, but it is a similar thing. There was Teen Beach Movie, which I think you said. Oh, yeah. You, you, you'd enjoy Teen Beach Movie. I, I think, think I, I remember. I like the songs. I remember my brother really liked it. 
yeah, um, their most, and then one of their more recent efforts, um, Zombies, which is, um, not good, but just a very, like, crazy thing where the plot, plot of that is it's, is a film where the, it's like a metaphor for tolerance with, like, zombies. They're like, hmm, can zombies integrate into regular society if they're kind of under control a bit? Like, Isn't that, I think there's, like, a Netflix show about that. And it's, isn't that also, like, Warm Bodies? Warm Bodies is a movie. It's, unless they made it into, like, a show, but. Yeah. Yeah, well, that one's just, like, he's a zombie who suddenly realizes he has, like, a heart still or something realizes that maybe he can be warm (laughs) yeah but this one has a song that's very similar to the live action aladdin song they add in where like jasmine just sings about how she's going to not be voiceless where like the lead characters thing sings about how she's going to take a stand and then ultimately reveals that the blonde hair she's been wearing is like a wig because she actually has like shock white hair um that's not a reveal to the audience. She shows it before, but it is to the characters. But anyways, in Zombies 2, they introduce werewolves, and Zombies 3 is coming this year, and it's supposed to be about aliens, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So with that, I think we can get to our movie rankings. <laughs> Interested to see yeah. how these all shook out for you. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so. At the bottom for now, I'm throwing Twilight. Didn't vibe with it. Uh, there was just I I want to really like it, and hopefully the later movies will give me an appreciation. But right now, it's at the bottom. Um, and then I think above that, I would put um, Wanted. It's very campy, very fun. I wish it was a little more ridiculous. Um, Because when it is ridiculous, those are my favorite parts of the movie by far. Like, I'm, oh, I love them so much. Um, And then, above that, I would put um, Slumdog Millionaire. I thought the first first bit was, like, really, really compelling. I super enjoyed it. I think it peters out near the end. Um, Uh... I think that there's a little bit like sort of when the flashbacks catch up with the real time. I think after that point, I feel like it peters out a little bit, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, above that, I would put milk, um, like taking something that like on paper um, seems like kind of a little bit dry and made it super compelling and interesting. Um, and then it's super tough, but I think I think I'll put. I love you, man. Just a little hair above High School Musical 3. It just, it tickled me. It was just a movie that just made me smile. I think there was only maybe one joke that I didn't find, like, hilarious. And I can't remember what it was, but I remember there was one part where, like, I wasn't smiling. But a majority of that movie, I was just, I was, I was ear to ear the entire movie. Wow. You know, that's impressive. Like... I'll say I'm very glad you liked High School Musical 3. That's how this would have been, like, our longest episode if you had hated it and it was just me shouting at you for an hour. Um, But, yeah, for my rankings, they, yeah, yeah, Slumdog Millionaire at the bottom, it's, and, again, there, there's issues with the film. I know, like, there are people, like, who like it. There's also, there's definitely people who, like, hate it more than, like, 
I do for probably more valid reasons than I find than finding it boring. But like, yeah, you know, there's stuff I enjoy in it too. It's I wasn't mad watching any of the films this week. I'll say that. So, but some love millionaire at the bottom, then wanted just slight, but you know, I was I was up there, like I had fun with it, and then Twilight, um, respectable middle of the pack pack. Uh, this isn't my favorite Twilight film, but I think it's a good start, and yeah, it'll be interesting to keep talking about these films, and I'm glad I finally watched this after, like, just being, like, a dumb boy for, like, so many years about them, and then, yeah, then after that, we get to I Love You, Man, which, yeah, just real pleasant surprise, real just nice, sweet comedy, like, very funny, really good Jason Siegel performance where he's kind of going against type a bit. And then, um, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to say Milk is probably a better film than High School Musical 3. However, High School Musical 3, senior year, like, I love this franchise. We didn't even, oh yeah, we didn't even really get into, like, the thing where I just love all these movies. I have watched all of them many times i've watched high school musical the musical the series i'm just all in on this like there's gonna be no other film at number one for me than high school musical three senior year even if milk is probably a better made film so but how did the kisses do yeah the kisses um for me i would say at the bottom um it would probably be the I love you man kiss. Um, it just isn't like it, it it's it leads to some of my favorite jokes, but it itself kind of sucks and is lame. It's like not all that funny. It's it's just not very good. Um, above that one, um, I think I would put like uh, the wanted kiss just because it's just kind of out of nowhere and it's like it's good but it's just sort of like unnecessary and weird and just i don't eh um and then I'll, i think above that i would put the slumdog one because like i feel like it could be a good kiss if they kept going i feel like this kiss is something that like is definitely pushed down by it's like a filmmaking choice and not by the actual like kissing that maybe happened after um above that one i think i put the milk kiss it's like kind of short, but it's like very very sweet. It's like a great way to like start sort of the the uh, movie um, after like the initial sort of really compelling opening. It's a nice way to sort of start um, after I guess more of a flash, the beginning of like the, where most of the movie timeline takes place. Um, and then above that one, um, I would put the Twilight one with the High School Musical one above that. I think these are both like very. They're both very comparable kisses as they are kisses, but I think the high school one musical one definitely goes above and beyond. Yeah, so my list is going to be similar. Um, yeah, probably I Love You Man, Kiss in the Bottom. Like, again, I don't hate it. It's just there's be- better it's better kisses. Then Slumdog Millionaire, um, mainly because that one, again, I don't like the movie, but that kiss had the potential to be great. Like, just real, just real big, bring down the house closer. And 
Yeah, I get if you want to go for the, oh, it's sweet approach, but come on, you're going to do the big musical number. You might as well kick it off, like, well. Then after that, the wanted kiss. Um, want, yeah. Want it? Or maybe a, no, I'll, I'll just keep, keep with that there. I'm like, I could go lower, but I'm like, no, it's just the principle of the thing where it's Slumdog Millionaire is lower, even though it's probably a better kiss, because it could have been an excellent kiss. Um, and then after, yeah, then after that, milk. Yeah, the milk kiss is good, like, Franco and Penn are really good. To, good to, really good in the ki kissing. Um, like, as those people, well, Sean, it's a really good kissing, that's all I'll say about that. Um, but, Twilight, then, yeah, tw Twilight in that runner-up position, like, look, it's a sensation, and I'm sure we will give give it to Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson at one point, but also, like, did four Twilight films need to win? That's gonna be kind of the over, like, arcing question, I think, of these episodes, and in this case, I'm gonna say, no, like, you know, maybe three of them deserved it, but, like, for that first one where it's just kind of them starting it out, like, you kind of got to give it to High School Musical 3. Like, beyond, again, I'll speak, I'm speaking from a place of bias towards just my extreme love towards that movie, but even then, I think there is just a history to it. Like, and that's something that's going to, I think, come up with in future years for films from, like, long-running sa sagas, but, like, the Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron, like, Troy and Gabriella story you follow that for, for like, three movies. They they don't even really kiss till the second one, but there's just such a history there that resonates in that kiss. And it really is a kiss that sells you onto the idea that, yeah, maybe maybe these guys will can make it work. Maybe this will last after all. Maybe this is, like, something real, like they've been arguing. So, yeah. High School Musical 3-1. My purpose for doing this podcast is complete. No more episodes. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, just, just watch me get really busy and then just delay a bunch of recordings and people take that seriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Oh. Oh, sorry, go Oh, yeah, sorry. Just one last Twilight thing I forgot to mention. The acceptance speech for this one has... Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart talking, and Robert Pattinson getting ready just for, like, them to kiss. I think maybe they were dating at this point. But she but she doesn't kiss him. Like, she, like, goes up, like, maybe she does it on, like, the cheek. Like, she does, like, a fake out. Everyone's like, oh, and she's like, thank you. And they just walk off. And it's really funny. Like, it's... Yeah. No, I, uh... High School Musical 3, I think the... I think the last time there was something that... I sort of, um, that I really enjoyed, that I put off watching the next thing for a while, was a show called Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Um, so I remember that show had two seasons and got cancelled and then they made like an animated movie. I think I watched the animated movie like a couple years ago and like, it wasn't that great. And I'm really glad that this movie was really good. Um, I had a similar thing with this one, except instead of High School Musical 3, it's Sharpay eventually gets spun off into a film called 
Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, which is very bad, and it just feels like a generic film they plug Sharpay into. It's, but the High School Musical show is good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And now we've come to recommendation of the week. So, what you got for us, Ben? Oh, man. So, I'm going to recommend something. And again, I don't remember. I'm going to listen to the endings of all the episodes we've done so far. Because I'm not sure if I've already recommended this. And if I have, I'll edit in a new recommendation um, and cut all this out. Um, but a few days ago, during the, um, the earth-shattering event of Mario being announced, being played by Chris Pratt, um, at the end of that Nintendo Direct, there was an announcement for, I think, my favorite game series like ever. It's like my favorite one, um, Bayonetta. They finally released a trailer for Bayonetta 3 after a teaser trailer um, that they released like three years, nine months ago. <laughs> Um, with like radio silence entirely on it so my recommendation wow what is this the kingdom hearts franchise (laughs) almost exactly um except these games are fun to play um (laughs) um the first two uh beta games are on the switch i think the first one is on um all playstation and xbox these are incredibly fun games with the stupidest most convoluted stories in the world um, and I'm really excited for the third one. Like, the plot of the first game is that, like, the bad guy is Bayonetta's dad, who, like, goes back in time, grabs Bayonetta as, like, a little girl, and, like, puts her into the future so that she can hang out with present-day Bayonetta, who has amnesia. And then also her childhood best friend is being mind-controlled into, like, fighting her. And he does this so that she can, like, so that child Bayonetta can, like, see certain things so that she can become, like, the second eye of the world. And this is all explained in, like, the second last mission to you. Like, everything else leading up to this, they don't explain this at all. And then the second game is you finding out that the reason that your dad is evil is because he's actually a good guy, but he had to absorb the bad guy from the second game, then go back in time so that you can defeat him in the first game. And I can't wait to see what the third game decides to do um but yeah my recommendation of the week is the first two bayonetta games they are fantastic cool and i don't think you've recommended those before so hey um yeah for me i'm going to recommend it's a film this one i know is rentable it is called awara it is uh 1951 like yeah kind of in Indian cinema like Bollywood type film by Raj Kapoor who is related somehow to the guy who plays the game show host Anil Kapoor I haven't figured it out but the Kapoor's are like a big like kind of like the Baldwins of India that that's maybe that's offensive like it's but like just this sort of big acting dynasty I don't think it's that bad to be a Baldwin (laughs) um but 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 this it's this film like he directed it and also stars in it it's yeah it's long it's like nearly three hours but basically the the premise is the this guy is on trial for kill for trying to kill a judge and he is being defended by this woman who then like goes to tell his story and the flashback is well how did we get to this point point? 
and you find out that this guy who's on trial is actually the judge's secret son he didn't know about and the yeah and the judge was his father and you learn that this judge is this harsh guy who's like well people are born bad and this criminal he had locked away on allegations um pretends to to rape like it's not a real one though it's one where you're like ooh but the judge's wife and then because he discovers that the judge initially he's actually going to assault her and I'm like oh man is this gonna be bad but then he finds out she's already pregnant so he just pretends he did stuff so the judge will assume that like she's carrying like a criminal's child and send her away then it just kind of goes through his life, like, after that, and how he runs into this girl, and how he kind of clerks for the judge, and this girl has kind of been raised by the judge, and it really is just this, like, sort of morality tale based on the idea of our, you know, nature versus nurture, and, like, it's, there's a lot of really good songs in it, and, yeah, it's really good. Watch more Indian cinema, I guess, in also is how I will follow up with that. But for now, I think all we got left is plugs. And also, Ben, my both my laptop and phone, which I've been using for this, are like really low. So there's a chance you lose me slightly. But I think we can pull this off. All right. Uh, really quick. My Twitter is at FUTALBE, F-U-T underscore A-L-B-E. That's my Twitter. My Instagram is not two pens. That is N-O-T underscore two underscore P-E-N. Yes, those are my plugs. Wow. Yeah, you really did go fast through this. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Like a Wolverine. You can find the show on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod. You can email us at PassTheGoldenPopcorn at gmail.com. Matt Samar did our theme song. Ben Gregg did our art. Um, just, I realized when I said your last name when doing the art, art bit, but and yeah if you like this pod tell people about it we like making it we're not gonna stop after this one even if there is like a bit of stuff because being a third year's university student gets kind of tough sometimes but for now let's say we got some stuff coming up so can't stop now yeah so next week yeah Next week is 2010, and 20, yeah, for 2010 Best Kiss, the nominees are Kristen Stewart and Dakota Fanning, The Runaways, Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, The Proposal, Taylor Swift and Taylor Lautner, Valentine's Day, Zoe Saldana and Sam Worthington, Avatar, and the winner, surprise, surprise, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, The Twilight Saga, New Moon. Uh, I really hope I like this one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thank you all for listening. You all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Remember, we're all in this together. Reprise. Yeah, keep passing that golden popcorn, and just remember, all we want to do is be with you while you listen to this podcast. Like, and, <laughs> and then you can go on, and we'll like see you next time. Exactly. <laughs>
Oh, man. Bye-bye. If you need to learn how to talk to a lady, ask your mum.